This is episode 531 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by Eventing Writers Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything you need for eventing at bitofbritain.com. This week, we have Laura Collette, Tim Burke, FBI stewards Travis Page and Eileen Pritchard Bryan, Heather Morris, and massage therapist Angie Cooney. This is Max Corcoran, and I'm in cold, sunny, but really chilly and blustery Elkton, Maryland. And this is Joe from sunny, perfect, awesome Ocala, Florida. And you're listening to the Eventing Radio Show. Well, Max, it sounds like you've been a very busy bee this morning. I have been a busy bee. Yep. 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 Max, Got some listeners. Stalls, Max, Max is, and stalls, all this other stuff. And yeah, chatted some with some people. Max has pretty much got the whole the whole show done on her own. So <laughs> tell us tell us where you are, Max. I'm in beautiful Elkton, Maryland at Fairhill International. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you're freezing your little bottom off, aren't you? Yeah, it's crisp. I can't say I've been here when it's been colder. I will say it is not raining, um, which is always a bonus because it can rain here a lot and rain really hard. So that's actually kind of nice. The, um, you know, same old, you know, fantastic bucket bathing. Um, One day, one day I swear they will get a hose here. Um, so that's, uh, that's always interesting, but, um, got these beautiful new stables. These, uh, what are they called? The four star stables. I think it is FEI stabling. I think is what Clayton Fredericks, he's sort of the chief of this whole thing. And tell you, they're really nice. I really like these barns. Their stalls are big and aisles are wide. And so that's pretty nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, it's just, just a little crisp. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what you get up in Fairhill. Have you had your dose of uh, crab bisque? Yet? No, I'm. I'm thinking as soon as I finish, I'm going to go get my crab bisque. Mm. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then I got one to braid. Then a uh, little dressage this afternoon. So yeah, all good. Uh, you're busy, yeah. Max. I know. Yeah, well, it's all good. Yeah. Well, it's beautiful down. It's beautiful down here. And we had a fantastic weekend last weekend at Majestic Oaks. They had an affiliated such horse a trial. nice show. That is a really so, nice show. Well, fantastic yeah it is now this is the show listeners that um was it was first um the property was first developed by um, richard and daisy trayford from exmoor eventing and then when they sold it um they sold it to the new owners it's now become majestic oaks now um so the new owners have done a little bit extra work to it and things and and we've been using it as a schooling show um throughout the summer um, this has been, I think it was their first or second affiliated. Anyway, the place is looking like a postcard, Max. It's amazing. It, it was. I was just, really blown away when I pulled in there. They really have done so much work. It was gorgeous. Um, it's, it's just that perfect time of the year where it's just at the end of the grass and everything is green and it's mown like a golf course. And it yeah. really, really was just absolutely fantastic. So we had a few runners there and um just looks absolutely fantastic so congratulations to the people at majestic oaks yes. for running such a wonderful little show so we're getting ready for our sort of fall season we've got a schooling show at the ocala horse park this weekend um, then we have chat hills the following weekend which is putting on a special advance cast for us th- oh that's nice yeah which yep. is cool Ticket. which is cool because it yeah it gets us ready yeah. for the jockey club um, which is good, which comes up in the second weekend of November. November. And we're all really Woo-hoo. looking forward 
to that. Um, yes. Max, you told me that the that Galway has cancelled their CCI yeah. three star. What what happened? What went on there, Max? I'm not completely sure. I was just on the executive committee conference call because I'm on the board of governors for the USCA, and um, they were they had um, reported that, and I was a bit of disappointed on that. They just did it on the lack of entries, which I completely understand. It's really hard to run, you know, the cost and everything of running a CCI three star without the numbers doesn't really make sense. But you know, I think with adding. Um, adding the jockey club we were hoping to have more cci three-star competitions not take anything away um so that was a bit unfortunate that that's happened um i know that there have some people that would have gone to galway to do the three-star got grants to come here to fairhill and that's what they're doing so it's just unfortunately a little bit disappointing um but but completely understandable that not to not to run it so um yeah, there well, was that it's tough because I don't know the complete ins and outs of it, but there's only there's so many ground jury members, and they can't judge every class. You know, right. you've got to have you've got to have a certain amount of officials. Yes, absolutely, that, yeah, and it's expensive. That all starts getting well. It starts getting expensive, especially when you've got to fly them to to the well, west coast. That and then the cross the country time. course, building the cross country course, painting the cross country course, numbering the cross, decorating the cross country course, and then you know, on from there, it just it ends up being a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So that's a bit of a oh, bummer. Well, well yeah, it is a bit of a bummer, but yeah. I mean, it's just unfortunately one of those things. And, um, you know, people, sadly, I think not sadly, but they're going to vote with their feet, aren't they? I mean, people Absolutely. will come to the jockey club because it really is a fabulous event. It is, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, Max, um, we've got a lot to get through on the show. You've inter- interviewed uh, a lot of guests. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that, it was kind of fun walking around and sort of saying, hey, guys, come on, I'm going to get you on the radio show. Oh, I, I don't know if I can do that. I said, oh, it's just you and I talking. <laughs> Settle exactly. down and be quiet. Yeah, so it was exactly, actually kind exactly, of fun. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, that's really cool. Well, no, Max, yeah. has done, listen, Max has done fantastically well. Um, but first, we should listen to our sponsors at Bit of Britain. Hi, Glenda Geek here, founder of the Horse Radio Network, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank Bitter Britain for continuing to be our title sponsor for the Eventing Radio Show and for being one of the biggest supporters of eventing over the last three decades. If you need eventing supplies, there is no better place to go than BitterBritain.com. John and the entire gang are there to help you with everything you need for a successful eventing season. With the exception of the horse, you're on your own for that. Please support the company that supports you, BitterBritain.com, and like them on Facebook. Just search for Bitter Britain. Joining us now, I have Irish writer Tim Burke. Tim, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Great, great. So we're here at Fairhill. A little chilly, a little cold, but doing okay. Um, and uh, you've got a couple of really exciting horses here. So tell us a little bit about what you have here. Um, I have Helena Hengel's horse, uh, Cooley Rockmaster Jasper. We just did our dressage test. Uh, he was a good boy. Um, and I have Quality Times, a mare of mine that's uh, quite young. She's seven and uh, doing the two-star also. And then I've got one in the Young Event Horse class. And you've done this Young Event Horse. This has been sort of part of your program now for a bit. And you've been producing your own young horses along the way. So tell us a little bit about the process and what you've been doing. 
yeah, the young event, the young event horse classes here. It's it's good for it's good for getting the horses out and getting them going and um, creates a, a a market for you. Uh, we tend to import quite a lot of horses from Europe, mainly from Ireland, as that's where I'm from. Um, and it's it's just good advertising bringing them here. It's nice to see a bunch that we've had and sold uh, competing here. So you know, it it brings them along for the future. That's pretty great. So, and and um, and your horses that you've had here, the mare you had here as a, a young event horse too, and she sort of has just sort of come through the ranks, hasn't she? Yeah, it's a little bit funny, you know. Two years ago, uh, I won the five-year-olds with a horse called Foreign Quality, um, and we sold him pretty quick afterwards. You know, it was good advertising, um, uh, and she was in the same field. I always thought a lot of her, but took her a little bit longer to mature. Um, she was in the same field and finished like 20th or 25th or something like that and now as a seven-year-old this is her second cci two-star and you know it's really i think a team horse for the future for me that's pretty cool that's great and you know and you know big success and congratulations to you for making the uh you know being shortlisted for the national team for ireland so that's actually helped you sort of get onto a program with the irish team and everything and you guys had such a great showing at the world championships yeah, it was amazing. Such a good result. I think it was earned. You know, they've done so much uh, uh, behind the scenes. Like the riders have to participate in fundraising and everything, and the support staff that Sally has put together behind her. Uh, it's quite. It's it's deserved. It was well deserved getting getting the medals. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 going to be a tough team to get on in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. But you guys, I mean, you guys had some serious ground dressage and show jumping help too, didn't you? Yeah, Ian Fern and Ian Woodhead have done an amazing job with them. And then Yogi helps them for the cross country. It's a little tough for me. I'm in a different country, so I don't get to actually utilize that enough but you know when it comes to the big championships uh, sally's always there and has come and helped me and you know it's everything has been just really productive that they've done so yeah it's it's really cool to see and sally herself was such a great competitor so she has such a good insight on everything that happens there she knows how to win yeah and she definitely knew how to get those horses fit they were they were ready to go at the wag for sure yeah, she came over to the test event, and uh, I rode in the three-star at the test event, and uh, she just did her homework and got the horses ready and prepared, and, you know, it showed at the end of the day. Yeah, and so what's next? You've got Fairhill this weekend, and what's next for you and, and Marley and, and your whole crew? Yeah, we've got a couple going this weekend at Fairhill, and then we go on to Virginia Horse Trials to do the CCI two-star there with another couple of our young horses, and hopefully that'll be the end of the season. <laughs> we just need a little bit of time off. You know, it's a, it's a long old season. We go to Aiken in January and, and get going down there and, you know, start competing in February, and it's a long time all the way through to November. Yeah, it absolutely is, and you got Everyone needs to be a little bit smart to pick and choose where you're going and what you're doing these days, because these are, you know, the young horses. We can we can keep going on them, but it's not not always the best. Yeah, you have to do the right thing by the horses, and you know, pick a program that suits you and suits your horses, and uh, gets them to where you want them to be. And think about the longevity of of the animals rather than the one day of success. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tim, thanks for taking time to chat with us. I'll let you get on your horse and uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you. We need it. 
And here I am now, just ran into Heather Morris, who has come out from the West Coast to compete here at Fairhill. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you. So how was your trip out here? Tell us, you've been, you guys have been east. You and Tammy have sort of made this massive journey. Tell us, talk us through your whole trip. Horses left actually on the way to AECs the end of August. And then we did AECs in Colorado. And then she left from there, actually went to Kentucky for a week. And then to Will Faudry's, we then did Sableview. I flew in for Sableview. I then flew out to Courses Back to a show in California. And then Tammy went to Buccalo. I flew out here to keep Fairhill horses going. And now we're at Fairhill. <laughs> so you guys have basically <laughs> been doing this massive tag team between the horses here and the farm at home and keeping the business going and doing all that. <clears throat> yeah, we have. And then I go home get horses ready for Galway and she actually stays here and takes the rest of the horses that didn't do fair hill to Ocala. And th- and then <laughs> and then you guys and fall down. We, and then we go to a beach in Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> so you who you have here this weekend? Um Charlie Tango in the two star and Tammy's Rye. We got Chatwin. Frankie's riding Chatwin in the three star and then Tammy has um one in the young event horse. And she's also doing the test ride, is she? Oh, yeah. She's doing the test ride on my bomb. Yeah, excellent. And so um, you guys so you guys are out here. You've got a whole West Coast crew because you got between you guys and um, Emily Libby. Emily and Libby, Amber Levine. Uh, am I forgetting somebody? I'm sure you probably are, and you're going to probably make them angry. But, uh, yeah, so what do you think of this weather here? I'm freezing right now, actually. <laughs> really cold <laughs> and so what what horses do you guys have what are going to uh um to the jockey club uh my mom will do the three star and then tammy has a couple one stars no app for that and Donito. and uh and what do you and galway you guys just you guys have a ton of horses between the two of you don't you yeah i have my young horse that'll be doing a prelim at galway and then we have some students as well and did i hear correctly that Galway's not having a CCI three-star. Yeah, they canceled it due to low entries, so that's really unfortunate. That is unfortunate because it's we were we were trying to hope to increase the yeah. number of three-stars, not uh, keep the number the same. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. And that's tough for you guys on the West Coast, too, isn't it? Do you think that's something that might bounce back? Uh, we're hoping. We're hoping. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thanks for talking to us, and uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. I am joined now by Angie Cooney, who is a massage therapist here at Fairhill, but many other events. Angie, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Max. Glad to be here. Um, so talk us a little bit. You've got a lot of uh, horses that are here that you work on and people too, I guess. But um, so we're here at a three-day event. What, um, what's, a, what's typical for you? I mean, a lot of these horses you've seen throughout the year and stuff. So talk us a little bit through the process and, um, and how it all works for these guys. Yeah, a lot of these horses I've seen throughout the year, so that by the time we get to their fall three-day, I know them pretty well, and I've seen them several times throughout the year. We uh, massage them to help their performance and to help them relax, warm up, and give the best performance that they can give, but also we use massage therapy a lot throughout their training to help us keep an eye on what they might need other than massage therapy in their vet work and in their training and their weaknesses and their strengths so that the riders can train the horses uh, to be better and stronger, which is what we all want. We want the strongest 
fittest, soundest horse at our three days. Um, <clears throat> most of these horses, when I've seen them at home or events prior, um, it gives me the opportunity to get to know them, how they respond to me. And uh, by the time we get here, I check in with the riders, uh, work on them. Some horses like to be worked on the day before dressage. Some horses like to be worked on right before the riders get on for dressage. And as we get to know the horses, we figure that stuff out. So I'll work on, check in with them and work on them before their dressage tests. Then again, sometimes we'll do them before cross country, but a lot we do them after cross country to help with any sort of delayed onset muscle soreness type of things that might come on it doesn't no matter how fit you are as a human or an equine athlete when you exert yourself to that level on a day of competition you generally end up with some soreness some stiffness sort of stuff so that's where I come in I come in at the end of cross country at the very end of the evening after they've been iced and looked at by the vets and take care of them and help put them to bed and then again we'll check on them in the morning before their jogs um, a lot of times it's more helpful to get them out moving and and get them warmed up a little bit before they jog out for the for the grand jury and then uh, we might work one and before that and definitely before show jumping to again help ease any of that stiffness or soreness that might come up associated with having run cross country the day before yeah and so you know a lot of that is is a human and horse um there's a balance there too isn't there i mean a lot of what we know with the humans goes straight on to the horses as well and that's something because you've done a lot of human therapy as well too so um there's definitely a connection between the horses and the humans not like as in you know you sit on them and this is how it works but but the anatomy and physiology and kinesiology of the two are very similar in a lot of ways absolutely it's very easy to cross your human human training into the equine sports it's, it's very and a human athlete and an equine athlete work their muscles work the same way so yeah working with humans and being able to get actual feedback from them on what you're doing and how they feel with their soreness and stuff in their training also helps convert that to the horses now horses don't talk to us with a language per se but they certainly talk to us with their body and their body language and their facial expressions and whether they like or dislike what we're doing and you can tell if they're sore or not sore. Uh, I get a lot of times a question is how do you work on horses they don't talk and I said if you listen horses talk plenty and when we're working at this level obviously the grooms and the riders definitely know how to listen to their horses and I work on a lot of horse and rider combinations which also really helps. Um, a lot of horses um, stiffness sometimes or lack of ability to maybe go one direction better than the, you know, better than the other direction, um, actually oftentimes comes from the rider, um, and the rider's asymmetry, which a lot of people don't pay attention to. Exactly. Exactly. And if I work on horse rider combinations, we can point that out and they can work on that on themselves just as much as they work on, on their horses. And I, strongly encourage these riders to treat themselves like athletes. It's very interesting to me that they do the utmost care and everything for their horses and then don't actually treat themselves like an athlete, which they are. So they need to hop off their horse and they need to be working out and training uh, with someone or have some sort of training program themselves to be the fittest and the soundest and the best that they can be for their horse as well. Now, do you find sometimes, you know, like uh, there obviously their injuries happen and a rider will break a leg or break, break a, you know, 
do something like that, and then in their or their back gets bad or something, and then they sit differently on their horses, which affects their horses as much as, and they don't probably realize the the unbalance. And so it's very very important for the riders themselves to be um, symmetric and 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 straight and supple at the same time absolutely and when you're dealing with injury like that with the riders that definitely happens their muscles atrophy their strength uh sort of goes away a little bit wherever they've had their injury and they have to work very hard to get that back sometimes it doesn't come back you know quite as equal as they would like it and then you they have to figure out how to work around it um and how to move forward out of their injury for themselves in the best way that they can still ride their horses and give them the best ride that they need Absolutely. I mean, have you, you probably have gone into a barn and worked on a bunch of horses and you're like, why is every single one of your horses is sore on the left side? And then you find out. Yes, I had a horse, uh, an instance like that uh, down in Aiken in the winter one time. I worked on about three horses, and they had all of the same type of tightness in the same areas. And I thought, that's interesting. How come these horses all have the same tightness? And then I worked on a new horse in the barn that had just arrived, and it had a completely different um, tightness to it. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then that evening, I worked on the rider, and I absolutely knew why the horses <laughs> were going the way they were going. And we had to get her straightened out so that then, she could, you know, ride her horses better and not block them per se with her asymmetry in her seat and what she was doing so that, that they could perform better. And if you're going to give someone a, um, ideas, thoughts, tips on, um, on how to, you know, what's the best thing for their horses, what would you, what would be your, um, you know, tips? tips. Well, if you have never used a massage therapist, definitely word of mouth. And if you're looking for someone to work on your horses, find some people that use a therapist or they have an idea of some different people that are available. Um, I tend to lean toward therapists that are licensed to work on humans as well. There's no governing body for equine massage therapists per se. So anyone can sort of hang a shingle out and say they can work on a horse. But if they have an education and they're licensed to work on people, you know that they have been in, a, in an accredited program and they have a governing body. They have been taught ethics. And um, hopefully that will bring you in like we bring you, you know, to a good therapist. And like we said before, it's easy to take what you've learned for a human and convert that to the horses because muscles work the same way. Um, the makeup of the muscles is not necessarily any different. Uh, so that's what I would look for first. Look for someone who's qualified. Uh, ask around. Get word of mouth. And if you're new to using a massage therapist, um, and just ask questions. Watch them work. See if you like what they're doing. If they're actually, you know, if you feel like you're getting a read off your horse. If you feel a difference when you get on and ride the horse, you should feel a difference after a massage. They should feel more relaxed. They should feel a little bit warmed up for you. Um, <clears throat> and you... Uh, if you don't have access to asking professionals or grooms or, or people that have used massage therapists before, um, do something like you can go to the annual meetings and things like that and ask around. Um, and you use massage and any type of sort of alternative body work, acupuncture, chiropractor, and that kind of stuff. Your vets might know um, somebody. I work in conjunction with a lot of vets around here. I am not a vet, and I'm not a substitute for veterinary work, but I work with a lot of vets, and 
that's a good a good resource there as well. And they're starting to, you know, make it a little bit um, uh, physical therapy, equine physical therapist as well. There is now um, not everybody can just sort of dub themselves in a physical therapist. There's starting to be some guidelines and some uh, registries for people to be able to uh, work with the horses at a competition itself, too, which is, is the good news is probably in the end good news for everybody, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, you need to be using people that are qualified to do what they're saying they're able to do. And now. Uh, as of this year, people like myself, we have to have what's called a permitted equine therapist card through the FEI. So we have to take a test and we have to have the recommendation of several vets to be able to work. And then we go to the FEI and get registered. And I have an FEI number. I have an FEI card. So when I show up in an FEI competition, I have to show that to um, to the head vet and I have to fill out a form saying who I'm working with and also a vet that I'm working under. So I have to have a vet that's here oh, at the well. show yep. that says yes i'll vouch for her and they i have to put their name and their fei number on my paperwork that's yeah and it, in the end it probably protects you guys as physical therapists and massage therapists too doesn't it absolutely it's it's much you know anything we can do we're all here just trying to help these riders and help these horses get through their three days to the best of their abilities obviously we want everything to come out with an amazing outcome for everyone um but yeah any any sort of regulations and you know rules that we may or may not have to follow it's it's all helpful. We want the best people in these barns helping these horses. And it definitely, I would love to see these regulations, even more regulations going forward so that we weed out those people that are sort of just trying to hang a shingle out and wanting to get in the barn because <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's plenty of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we're going to let you get back to work. Auntie, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy day. And um, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Perfect. Thanks, Max. It was great. Joining me now is are actually two FEI stewards. I have here Travis Page and Eileen Pritchard Bryan. Welcome to the show, guys. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. So you guys are here as FEI stewards, and um, just talk our listeners a little bit through what you guys do here when you guys arrive, what your main duties are. Well, um, we try to get here when the horses are first arriving, um, but our motto throughout the whole competition is to help. Um, as stewards, we are here to help the riders have the best possible weekend they can, um, not to do anything silly because there are lots and lots of rules, and we know riders obviously do not want to break any rules everybody works hard everybody you know participates and pays a lot of money but when we arrive um, we help with the in barn so that means working with the veterinarians um, to verify passports and vaccinations um, after that's done we help the riders by checking their equipment before they go into the dressage um, we can also check their equipment afterwards if they prefer there is normally a briefing for the CCI competition, so we always talk to the riders then, um, let them know where they can gallop, where they can hack. So we um, inform them where the jump schools and, and how to sign up for the jump schools. So it's fair play um, for everyone's safety and welfare of the horse, and um, everyone have a great time. We have a team of people so that we can help everybody. So when you guys get here, too, you guys have to sort of have a big walk around, get the lay of the land, figure out where everything is and where everything isn't, yeah? 
Absolutely. Make sure all the equipment's in place for the jump schooling, jump cumps, poles, everything's in place. And the crews usually do a good job of that, but we have to make sure safety cups are working properly, enough flags, um, dissage arena is properly set up, etc. TDs help do that also, but we need to make sure it's safe for the riders as well. Absolutely. Um, and so <laughs> I always laugh because, like, you know, everybody's got their dogs here. Is this always the biggest infraction for the people have or the dogs not on leashes? <laughs> well, <clears throat> we have our frequent offenders, and <laughs> and um, I'm their best friend. <laughs> so when they see me, you know, it's one of those things. We all love our dogs yes. very, very much. And we know sometimes they can't stay at home. But we want our dogs to be safe, and we want other people's equipment that might be sitting out in the aisle not to be um urinated on <laughs> so but so anyway it's it's a matter of safety for the animals um and safety for you know everybody everybody else um i've worked with enough of the riders in this area in this area on the east coast that they're really pretty compliant so yeah. um you know we try not to go crazy about it i'll give a warning yeah, <laughs> but if it's a like I said, if it's a repeat offender, yeah, <laughs> I may have to have a little Dog more of a yeah. sit down discussion. Yeah. And so you guys were both um, at the World Championships. Tell us about your experience there. That was a spectacular experience. Just the best of the world came to compete, as well as the best the stewards came to actually help out. So it was a good work experience, but a learning experience also. Yeah, it was it was a great team. The number of stewards that were there was unbelievable, and, and that's one of the greatest things about going to a big international competition is that you you do get to meet a lot of other stewards. And yes, the rules are all the same for everybody, but you get to exchange ideas about how to do something, and something might be you know handled a little bit better this way, or and you share experiences of what has happened where you've been and that type of thing. But it was it was an absolutely outstanding experience. We had so much fun, um, and you. You know, we've come away with new international steward friends. So, Travis, you also do uh, you also do a lot of jumping shows, show jumping shows, pure show jumping. What's the biggest difference between the eventing and the show jumping? Uh, the show jumping warm ups are more intense. It's just you're you you have a jumper show for an hour and a half. You're just on the edge constantly. They have so much poles going up and down diagrams, angles, and the event is a little more casual about it because they mainly do want to work across country. They do the show jumping, yes, but the show jumpers are just everything, every inch, and every advantage is for the, they're trying to take take advantage of. Yeah, and also, too, it's a, there's a lot more money at stake, so I guess people get a little bit more inventive, don't they? Oh, true. <laughs> there's, there's always money involved in the Grand Prix, and <laughs> yeah. that seems the money and pride goes a long way for people. <laughs> so which do you prefer? Yes. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. And what's next on the books for you guys? Where do you guys head to next? Oh, boy. Let's see. Normally, I have to look at my calendar, but I know my next FEI competition um, will be Ocala. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be my second year there. And that's it's wonderful to go to Florida. And that venue is just... We're talking about the Jockey Club, yes. Jockey Club, yes. Ocala Jockey Club, and that venue, if you've not been there, oh my goodness. It's something. It's quite eye candy. <laughs> I mean, it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal facility, and they do a fabulous job there. So it's a privilege to go to any competition, but it's really exciting to go there. Yeah. I'll go back to trying a uh, three-star jumper show. Excellent. Well, super. Well, thanks, you guys, for taking time. Um, stay warm, and uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Max. Thanks, Max. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners. 
in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. And joining us now is um, English writer Laura Collett. Hi, Laura. How's it going? Hey, I'm good, thank you. Laura, you've just had a fantastic result at Bookalow on um, London 52, and um, he's a young horse. Can you just tell us a bit about it? Yeah, um, he was incredible. Um, I bought him as a seven-year-old, and he'd only show jumped. Um, so he only started eventing uh, June 2016. So he's come a very long way very quickly. Um, he's always been a very exciting horse, and I think this is probably you know the time that he really shone and showed showed the world just what he's capable of. So it's all very exciting for the future. Yeah, I mean it's fantastic. I mean, you, um, for so our listeners know, you're very, very close to being uh, riding at the wig on the British team, um, and I think there was quite a lot of us scratching our heads and wondering why uh, Mr. Bass wasn't selected. Uh, but um, so this has come as a really fantastic result. Um, tell us a bit more about him. I mean, like how how is he bred? Um, so he's a German German horse. Um, he's by a show jumping stallion called Landos. Um, he's he's sort of he's always had all the talent in the world, but he's been a bit tricky in his brain. Um, he's a bit of a warrior, um, so he sort of has to hold his hand a lot. Um, but he's a horse that's really rewarding because he really trusts in me. So it's a bit of pressure because I have to make sure I don't mess it up. But um, if I get it right and I tell him the right things to do, then he's he's on my side and he wants to he wants to do the right thing. So um, he's as I said, he's come a long way. He did his first three star um, at Chatsworth at the beginning of the year, and he only got to fence five because he just didn't really understand the question. Um, the skinny arrowhead in water. Um, so we went home and sort of gave him a bit more education and told jumped him it was a million okay skinny, jump. jumped a whole lot of skinny arrows in water after that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, we went to, went to Boomerang and Russ Hardy was really helpful and he, he put a double of our heads in the water and we jumped them, you know, plenty of times till he realised it was okay to jump, jump in water. And then from that day onwards, he's been fantastic and um, he's competed in a lot of the event rider masters um, GIC three stars and so that has exposed him to a lot of atmosphere and a lot of crowds and technical courses on the cross country and he's just gone from strength to strength and he actually uh, the week of WEG when I was really hoping to be at the World of Question Games with Mr Bass and obviously had that disappointment um, I took him to Blenheim to the 8-9 year old championships and he won it so um, he's he been a really special horse to kind of keep my head in the right place and get me back on track and we went to Bookalow full of confidence and he came out with a fantastic result so I went there saying if I had a top five I'd be very very happy and so to come second to a horse like Samurai just thought that one of four stars pretty special on a nine year old yeah no I mean it sure is and like you were only a couple of points behind 
um, there was hardly anything in it at all. Um, and you're right, like um, that other horse, is, um, it's done a four-star and things, and it was a strong field of horses. Um, so this was his first long-format one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, he, yeah, he's done a... He's done a handful of CIC three stars. This is his first long, long CCI three. Yeah, and um, what will you do with him next? Do you plan another CCI three star? Yeah, um, he'll do a spring CCI three. Um, maybe, maybe something like Bramham, um, because it's quite a different track to Buckalo. Um, yeah. Just give him a bit more experience. He's still so low mileage and experience that he, yeah, he'll definitely do another CCI three and. We'll see where we go from there. And how about the the extra distance? I mean, like obviously he's he's handling the CICs with no problems at all. Um, and how did you find him when you had to go just a, a little bit further? Yeah, he was great. Um, he's got such a huge stride and a huge gallop. Um, he sort of cruises along. As I'm not, he's not been experienced enough to press any buttons yet to to want to try and really get go for the time you know he he was four seconds over in Buckalo being you know looked after and and in in cruise mode so he's definitely got all the gears there um he just needs a little bit more experience but he he felt fantastic all the way around and yeah I think he's just yeah he's a very very exciting horse yeah, yeah, no, he certainly, I mean, we watched, um, I didn't see the cross country, but I saw the show jumping, and he certainly is a fantastic, fantastic jumper um, for what we need to do. Um, so, yeah, no, he looks like he's, he looks like he's brilliant. So, tell us what you're up to at the moment. Um, you said that you had a, when we I was trying to organise this interview, you said that you had a jog coming up, and I'm just trying to figure out where you actually are. But, um, I'm at Le Leon Donger at the Young Horse World Championships. I've got a seven-year-old here uh, called Calmare. Um, he did his dressage today and he was fantastic. I was really happy with him. Uh, he's currently lying third overnight, uh, another whole day of dressage tomorrow. So we'll see where he is after that. Fantastic. And how many horses are in the seven-year-old class? Um, I'm not actually sure, to be honest. I think there's normally around 50 50 or 60, I think. Yeah, and how's the course looking this year? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, they do an amazing job here uh, building a brilliant course for the young horses. It's decorated so well and it's really educational for them. Um, the water complexes are quite tricky. Um, there's a few really good questions on the course, but the majority of it is really nice and we should ride nicely, hopefully. So, Laura, you've had a really amazing season. Um, you've won a lot of classes this season. It's just been fantastic. And Mr. Bass has just gone on and on and on. He's just amazing. Um, and, you know, you've got looking like a, a fantastic team of young horses here. What's um, the what's, uh, season starting to come to a bit of a close over there? And what have you got coming up for the rest of the season, apart from Leon? Uh, so, Leon, this is my last um, event of the season. Uh, I'm feeling very, very smug and very lucky with the string of horses that I've got. Um, they've all stepped up to the mark and gone above and beyond this year. So, the fact that they're all young horses and Mr. Bass is still only a 10-year-old. So, moving forward, I've got some really, really exciting horses and kind of can't wait for 2019 to start. So, looking forward to next season, do you think you'll have some four-star runners? Well, I hope so. Um, the aim is to take Mr. Bass to Badminton. 
Um, and then I'd like to think that by the end of the season, London 52 might be, you know, maybe aim for something like Poe. Um, yep. Obviously, it's a long way away, but yep. dreams are through. So you have to have dreams at this time of year. Yeah, I've got lots of them. Don't worry. exactly and and sometimes they actually just come to to reality don't they but no you have to plan like that yeah yeah cool cool yeah so well good luck with that and um we would love to catch up with you again next year and you've had a fantastic season and let's hope that um you can keep the keep it all going um and good luck um this weekend again at uh at lille and um, we'll talk to you soon Thank you very much. Yeah, fingers crossed we can have another good year. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Laura. Well, great to catch up with Laura Collett-Max. Yeah, it was impressive. I was looking at her FEI record when we were talking to her. (laughs) First place, second place, third place, third place, second place, third place, first place. Like, dang, this girl's had a good year. Yeah, yeah, she has. She's unbelievable. Been on fire. Yeah, on fire, and and everything yeah. from you know three star to one star, not just sort of uh, the top yeah. top horses. She's oh, yeah. looks like she's producing some nice ones too. The one that she's yeah. got there at Leon is uh, pretty pretty flash too. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. No, no, look, yeah. no, she's she's doing really really well. And like I said to her in the interview, there was a lot of heads being scratched about the English team selection but I mean okay they went on and won it anyway but still I mean it just goes to show look at look at Great Britain the UK now with the depth that they've got no uh, kidding well they've also got kind of a ridiculous coaching crew too because they were god they were on form there jeez it was impressive yeah yeah no well they are they're doing very very well yeah well so anyway, Max, how's it going up there? You can. I want you to tell Bobby Meyerhoff that I'm going to Sam's Club, that I'm going to get the lamb. Okay, okay I will pass that on to him. <laughs> have, to pan- have to panic anyway. How's yeah, he doing anyway? Yeah. He's doing. He's right at the, at the moment. This is the lunch break on Thursday. He is winning the two star at the moment. Okay, and which horse yeah. is that, Max? Uh, I think it's the grey one, Alm- Almanac. I think is that one. The, so the, the grey one. Is that the one that he can't hold, or is it the one that has the rails down? <laughs> That's not very nice. No, I, think I, it's the one, I think it's the one he can't hold. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. Well, I'll send, <laughs> can you just tell him he's going to have to gird his loins? I will, I will okay. let him know. Yes. Okay, yes. Good. And what's right. next weekend that you're getting lamb for? Where am I, where am I going next weekend to eat this lamb with you two? It's, it's not this weekend, but the following weekend. Chat Hills. Chat Hills. Oh, Chat, okay. I got gotcha. you. Right. Chat Hills, um, we're all staying in a house together, and you're welcome. Nice. Man. Oh, yeah. I might just pop up. Yeah. Just might have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's but, that's yeah. what he's that's what he's talking about. We do this yep. a lot. Yeah. Airbnb yes. nowadays is a lot more fun oh, with so our fantastic. No kidding. Than going to hotels and having to go out to eat. We kind of just we we arrive, we make the food as we go, and oh, or we so good. It we it's a bit there. the way we ate when we went to Poke. God, we ate like champions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was yeah. so great. I know. Pretty yeah, nice. It's back, it's back into oyster season now here. Oh, yeah. That yeah. sounds good. Yep. I like that idea. Yeah. That's pretty good. I know. Yep. But anyway, this is an eventing radio show, not a food show. So, Max, that's probably, <laughs> probably time that you actually wrapped it up. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say first to say a big shout out to Michelle, who's here competing in her, I think it's her second two star, but she's an avid listener. So thank you, Michelle, for following us. You're the best. And, um, 
Everyone else, thank you so much for listening to the Eventing Writers Association of North America podcast. You can learn more about Eventing Writers Association of North America at eraofna.com. You can find the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. Listen to The Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone and Android. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe by iTunes. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. This is Max, and you can find me on Facebook, Max Corcoran Horse Care. You can find me on Twitter at MMC338. And you can find me on Instagram at MMC338, which I probably should put a picture. I'll send. I'll put a picture of the fabulous wash rack. Do that, Max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or lack thereof. Um, <laughs> And you can, fi- <laughs> you can find me on my blog, Max Quirk and WordPress, or you can find me bucket bathing a horse in freezing cold weather. And this is Joe, and you can find me on my website, JoeMeyerEventing.com. You can find me on Facebook, Joe Meyer. You can follow me on Twitter, Joe Meyer, E-V-N-T-R. And Instagram, I think, is Joe Meyer or Joe Meyer Eventing, but I've forgotten the password, and I'm going to try and get it going because I, too, will put up a photo. But this is of me and Ruthie at the Wine and Food Festival yeah. last week. I am going to have some killer crab best while I'm here. So there is okay, that. No, you're going to have a good time. Yes. Yeah, you're going to have a good time. Well, listeners, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you again in two weeks' time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>